very warm welcome everyone to the Buddhist Center podcast. We're back for another season of stories from around the Buddhist world and hearing a lot about how the Dharma is playing out in people's lives in the 21st century. I'm your host today, Zach. Many of you will have been expecting Chandradasa. I'm usually behind the scenes editing this podcast, but today I'll be hosting things. But yeah, I'm delighted to say that we have a really special episode for you all today. I'm joined by several of my colleagues in Dharma Shrakra. Although colleagues sounds a bit formal, they're really like, they're just my friends. Yeah, I happen to work with them. We're going to get into a few topics, but as usual, if you do really enjoy the podcast today, there are many, many podcasts out there in the world and recommendations go a long way. So if you enjoy what you hear, pass it on to a friend. For those of you that don't know who Dharma Chakra are, we're the team behind two particular websites that you might be aware of, Free Buddhist Studio and the Buddhist Center Online. There are several of us here today. I'm going to go around, before we go into anything and go into the themes of the podcast today, we'll go, we'll go around and introduce everyone. So the first person I see on my screen is Viri Leela. Do you want to say hello and maybe say something about your role in Dharma Chakra? Sure. Hi. So Viri Leela here. I'm calling in from Boston, Massachusetts in the United States. And my primary responsibility with Dharma Chakra has been to curate the Free Buddhist Audio podcast that pull from our archive of talks. And we do two podcasts. We do a full-length podcast every week. And then a few years ago, we started what's called Dharma Bites. And those are excerpts from talks. And they're just a couple of minutes long, a little taster of Dharma. And then I also help out with our donations and donor care. I've been in the orbit of Dharma Chakra for a long time, probably close to 20 years as a patron first, and then being a part of the trustees and the team from about 2008 onwards. Thank you very, Leela. To your right, we have David. Hello, I'm David, or David in Spanish. I'm here in Mexico City. I do promotions mainly for both websites. So that means sharing on social media, on seeing what are the interesting bits and sharing them to the audience. And also one of the things that I enjoy is being a tech host, joining on the events that we do and seeing people joining and interacting with the teachers in there, which is uh, really something for me. It's really important that people are engaging uh, with the Dharma in an online community. Thanks, David. And then next we have Kamala Vajra. Hello, everyone. Yes, I'm uh, Kamala Vajra, and my role at Dharma Chakra is head of development. So I'm in charge of what I call keeping the lights on. So I'm in charge of the servers, making sure all our websites and web services are up and running. And I'm also responsible for the development, the coding for the main websites. I've been at Dharma Chakra for around seven and a half years now, officially, officially joined about seven and a half years ago. And a few years before that, I was working with Chandradasa on various server and software projects. Thanks, Kamala Vajra. And then to your left, we have Chandradasa. Hey, everyone. Hey, Zach. Very nice to be here. Nice not to host the podcast this week. It's like a real treat just to get to sit back and be like, oh, I'll have to speak here. So I'm Chandradasa. I've been at Dharma Chakra since 1996, which I think is 26 years, something like that. I've been the director since 1998, so quite a long time, really. And I 
originally worked there mostly with one person, then on my own. And gradually the team has built up over the last 20 years to be about 11 or 12 of us, which is one of the happiest things for me to be part of a team, and particularly a Buddhist team, just friends working together, thinking up cool things to do with the Dharma online. Free Buddhist Audio, the Buddhist Centre Online, have come into being at different points in Dharma Tracker's history, and it's been a real privilege to be involved with both of them. And I'm excited to talk about Freebird Studio today because it's being reborn like a beautiful phoenix. Thank you, Chandradasa. And the next person I'll introduce is my friend Soph. So Soph actually isn't part of the Dharma Chakra team. She does work for Tree Ratna, but I'm delighted that she's able to join us today. Partly this arose very last minute out of a conversation over lunch. So me and Soph both live in Nottingham and we attend the Nottingham Buddhist Centre together. And we've known each other for quite a few years now. She last minute agreed to come along because we thought it'd be a good idea just to have someone that uses Free Buddhist Audio. And it's not necessarily on the team to get, I suppose it's sort of (laughs) non-bias. Yeah, I'm delighted to be joined by Soph. Hello. I'm still kind of a bit in shock that I'm here. (laughs) But yeah, I'm very happy to be here and to just chat about Free Buddhist Audio and anything else that arises. So thanks for having me. Thanks, Soph. And to my left, we have Kusla Devi. Hi, everyone. I have been working with Dharma Chakra since the beginning of the pandemic. So I think it was around April 2020. That's actually quite a long time now, isn't it? I was just counting and that's like two years and more, (laughs) nearly three years. Yeah, that's quite surprising. I work for Dharma Chakra just one day a week. And the work that I do is alongside David, mostly now doing the promotions work, particularly some social media for both the Buddhist Centre Online and Free Buddhist Audio. I've been involved with some of the podcast recordings and supporting Chandradasa with them, which I've really enjoyed. And when I first got involved, I was working really closely with Sadaya Sihi, who many of you out there may know. So Sadaya Sihi and I were working particularly on the home retreats at that time, which really started up and flourished during the pandemic. It was great to sort of be a part of the success of those online retreats, reaching out to people who really needed that support during that time. Thank you, Kusla Devi. And just to say something about myself as well, I've been working for Dharma Chakra like maybe over a year now, something like that, a little bit longer, maybe. I'm primarily audio editor. My work spans both platforms of Free Buddhist Audio and the Buddhist Center Online. I do a lot of podcast editing and a lot of audio editing, listening to a lot of Dharma, and surprisingly, some of it sticks. So that's good. Just to say a little bit about what Dharma Chakra is. So Dharma Chakra is a team based throughout livelihood. And what that basically means is that we're a bunch of Buddhists working together is probably the best way of describing that. And Dharma Chakra has been around for quite a long time now. So it initially started as a sound archive for the Chiratna Buddhist community in order, which was founded initially in the late 60s by Dharmachari Ananda to preserve and distribute the radical revolutionary Buddhist teachings and thought of Urgyen Sangharakshita, who founded the Chiratna Buddhist movement, which was then the Friends of the Western Buddhist Order. And out of that grew Free Buddhist Audio, one of the products that we've been mentioning. And that came into existence in 2006 in December. And here we distribute our collections of digital works from our community all over the world. So if you're new to Free Buddhist Audio, best thing you can do is just to go and check it out now as you're listening to this. But it's a big archive of Dharma talks, seminars, podcasts, all from people within the Chiratna Buddhist community. So just to give you some stats, 
There are over 5,000 talks and counting on Free Buddhist Audio. So it's a big treasure trove of Dharma that you can explore. And we're very lucky to have such a rich resource at our fingertips. And we'll get into a lot of that and our own particular uses of it. And we'll also get into what that means as a team to be running something like that. But I'm quite interested initially to kick off with because, of course, Free Buddhist Audio has just been relaunched. We've just had a new iteration that's been out for a few months now. Brand spanking new website, beautiful colors, much more modern. So I thought maybe we'd kick off hearing from you, Kamala Vajra, because you've been right behind this working very hard. One thing I should say about our team is that they work very, very hard indeed. And the dev team are no exception to that. I'm just keen to hear from you, Kamala Vajra, how that was for you. Well, it was absolutely fantastic to get the final release of Freebus Audio. It's something that we've been planning for a long time. And, and you know, due to certain conditions, the, the pandemic being one of them, we've had to pivot a few times to you know, engage in other projects, communicating the Dharma, holding spaces such as the home retreats. So it was something that has been imagined, reimagined, you know, everything moves so fast, especially online. We started it and then come back to it about six months time and lots of ideas come in and we, we had more things to add to what we'd like to do with Free Buddhist Audio. Just before we were about to release it, we happened to release it when I was away, which was a great thing for me, a part of our team at Dharma Chakra, I think, growing and developing. I set things up and then Samudra Dharka pressed the button when I was away at Buddha Field Village Retreat. And yeah, just a real static joy that uh, it was in users' hands, really. And as you said, there's been a lot of energy, a lot of work, a lot of effort from the whole team, both on the coding side and on the content side. Yeah, I was a bit sneaky. Maybe this is a confession. I did check my phone once while I was on retreat because <laughs> I knew that was happening. Heard a big shout in the field at Butterfield because I was looking at the new Freebird Audio site on my mobile phone. Yeah, I was just struck Kamavadra. But that letting go process, like there must have been a lot of faith in the team to be able to step away from what I imagine to be you know, quite detailed, intense period of work to build something and then not actually push that button. It's interesting. I experienced it as relatively easy. We had this very enjoyable and intense period, I suppose, before I went away. It's interesting this because we're online, we do a lot of video communications, but I really felt, especially the two weeks before I went away, as if we were just you know, in a room, huddled together, changing things around. And by the time I was going away, I was just thinking, gosh, they've got this. There was a part of me that slightly felt redundant <laughs> in the best sense. But as I said, I've been at Dharma Chakra for quite a while now and it's changed so much. So I've probably still got a little bit of a reaction somewhere about when I went away, a lot of it was on myself. So again, absolutely joyful to hand it on. And that's yeah, something I like to do. I think something that actually Dharma Chakra does well as a team is to try and enable people to get involved, take a bit of autonomy and agency. So it hasn't been easy, but the fruits of the team and the fruits of myself doing this a number of times when I've gone on retreat has yeah, paid off. Well, sadhu to you and sadhu to the whole team on the development side. Yeah. In some ways, it was a little sad that Kamala Vajra was away, but it was very apparent that it would be fine. There was quite a lot of work still to do. I was quite happy that Smudradak and I pushed the button because Smudradak has been involved with Dharma Chakra since at least 2010. He actually built the second version of Free Buddhist Studios. So we're now on version three, effectively. 
And because he was there at the second one, it seemed quite sweet in a way that he was also there to launch this one. His own relationship to the team has changed over the years and he's now part of something much bigger. I'm sorry he can't be here today in a way because it would be lovely to thank him publicly just for all that he's given to the project. Our friend from Bristol, Jay, who was quite involved in the building of Freeboot Studio and I know that was a project quite dear to his heart. So again, it being part of a team with this makes such a difference. Nothing cures you of wanting to do things on your own like having to. <laughs> and the first version of Freeboot Studio I did with Akasha Priya, who worked for free, actually, for two years to help us get the whole site off the ground. So there's this kind of lineage of generosity that I've been really happy to be in relationship with for a long time. And yeah, it's lovely that in 2023, there's this new iteration of it with all of us together. But yeah, Kamalavaja did some amazing work in the background. And it's not just rebuilding a website. It's almost like taking a house apart and redoing everything apart from the very foundations. So massive amount of work in a relatively short space of time, well under a year to redevelop a major, major website. So Sandu Kamalavaja. Yeah, I'm glad that all three of you touched upon the role of team in that. And I have quite a fond memory of being in Cambridge with Chandra Dasa and Kamalavaja working in a tiny little cafe, making some final design changes to Freebooter Studio and just finding it very funny. We're just having this really intense work meeting. <laughs> One thing I didn't mention at the beginning was that we're actually an entirely remote team at Dharma Chakra. So we're spread out, as you will have heard from people's descriptions of their roles across America, across the UK, and we're in Mexico. I was curious to know, Chandradasa, did you envision having, is it 13 of us now or is it? Maybe 12. I'm not quite sure. It changes, doesn't it? Quite a lot. Maybe we should name check the people who are not here today. We've got Amaya and Sila Siri on the finance team. And we've got Dasini, who works particularly around the order content on the Buddha Centre Online and sometimes on Previous Studio. And we have Sangadara, who is at the moment moving between the UK and Mexico City. Sangadara is really key on Freebird Studio because he helps populate the images when you've got thousands of talks flowing very quickly through a website and they all need images added to make the site look beautiful. Sangadara attends to that for us. And he's also one of our main video people. And we have a bunch of other people around the edges who help with events and things. So yeah, team is really important. I can't claim that I had a master plan where I was like, one day there will be 12 of us and we will be awesome. It wasn't quite like that. I think a lot of these projects you're making up as you go along, learning from experience and finding people who get what it is you're trying to do and feel passionate about it. I was actually quite interested in asking you, so as you're hearing all this stuff about our team, and in a way, you're coming to Freebird Studio a generation or two after me and other people. Why does it still matter that there is a team doing this kind of work? When you said that we're just a bunch of friends working together, that for me is just why it's so important. Because there's a reason why a lot of people's colleagues are their enemy in the meta Bhavna. You know, like a lot of people definitely wouldn't call their colleagues friends. And I think that that's, that's really sad that that's not the case. And people see that you're really lucky, even if you get along with a few people in your workplace. So I just think the friendship and the sense of support and celebration is just so important. And also just respecting everyone as individuals as well. I, I really like that. And that you're not sort of squashed into a certain box or template that you have to sort of fulfill when you're in a certain role. So that's how you do it. And then what you're doing I just remember being really surprised when I came across Free Buddhist Audio and it's in the name, Free. I was quite struck by how amazing that was. The amount that's on there 
and also the fact that it's so accessible to everybody. At times, it's just felt like such a good resource to find inspiration again, especially during lockdown, just taking different speakers out for a walk with me and getting inspiration. So it just feels really moving to have that large resource always there and that can follow different threads of your practice. Yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased that you mentioned that, actually, because yesterday me and Soph were talking about this podcast and we kind of spontaneously started to just express our appreciation for having such a large archive of Dharma just at our fingertips and sharing some of our favorite talks and some of the resources that we keep going back to. So I'm curious to hear about, yeah, where do people go on Free Buddhist Audio? What are some of those highlights from the treasure trove? What's some of their favorite talks, Kusalevi? Yeah, well, I've sort of got three different areas in a way. So the first is, I think it was the first ever talk that I listened to on Free Buddhist Audio, which was Vajradarshini on the transitoriness of life and the certainty of death. And that was in a series from a Tuanaloka retreat on the four mind turnings. It was a very striking talk and very beautiful. There was a lot of beauty in that talk. And I think that was particularly significant to me because actually my mum had died before I met the Dharma. And there were things that Vajradarshini was saying that really sort of met me in that experience of uh, having lost my mum. And then more recently, I've been listening to talks when I've gone on solitaries. So a couple of years ago, I took with me uh, Sabuti's Rambles Around Consciousness and Rambles Around the Yogacara, which totally blew my mind. But there was something about like there's some sort of pleasure in trying to understand what he was actually saying. <laughs> so trying. And then more recently, there's something really great about Free Buddha Studio of like just being able to follow a thread that's come up. So just go into the search box, putting in a theme and boom, there you go. You've got all these talks. So for me, the Bodhisattva, so the being who wants to be enlightened for the benefit of all beings, the Bodhisattva white Tara has been sort of showing up a little bit in my life and I just felt like I'd like to take her on a solitary retreat with me and two really great talks came up by Vajra Shura and Vajra Tara who are both friends of mine as well so there's something lovely about being able to go on a solitary retreat take these talks take these friends with me (laughs) giving these talks about this figure that I wanted to explore more deeply so yeah there are a few gems that I wanted to share. Actually, it's been quite interesting for me to discover many hidden gems in Free Body Study. Uh, for example, now that Kusala Devi is mentioning about exploring that in a solitary retreat, I just came uh, last week from a solitary retreat. And before going into the retreat, I was looking for some talks on Free Body Study. But then I realized that there are not only talks, there are also texts and seminars. So I was looking for Padmasambhava. And then I found that there was a study group between Bante and some other members about the Book of Life and Liberation of Pamatsambhava, kind of analyzing or just seeing what about some cantos on that book. And for me, it was really good. I mean, I didn't finish because it's a very long text, but it was a nice experience being on solitary, exploring this figure of Padmasambhava, but also reading that text In a way, I was feeling like I was in 1987 with them, hearing what they were saying. So it was a very good experience. Also, something that I have been returning from time to time is a sevenfold puja led by Bante from the 68. I'm I'm having the page here. It's 1968. 
So I also use that as a recording, like whenever he is reciting the, for example, the Karaniya Metasutta in Pali or the Heart Sutra in Sanskrit, that also makes a connection with Bhante. And lastly, is about the Dharma Bites podcast. There is a series of Bhante reciting his own poems. So one which is my favorite that I would like to recommend is the Bodhisattva's Reply, which is very good. Actually, the first time that I listened to that, I was crying because it kind of embodies a lot of the intention in Buddhism to do this for the benefit of others. So those are the ones that I have discovered recently. Just realizing that when hearing people speak is I've seen this classic impression around which kind of goes a little bit like Mr. Chairman and Friends. Which is probably, you can edit that out, it's a terrible impression. Um, <laughs> so I love Bante, classic Sangharachita talks, mind reactive, mind creative, some of the series, from the Kuti Nadesha series, these types of things are very, very good. And what I've been doing recently, I've been re-reading Sangharachita's autobiography, so through the through some of the complete works that have come out, I've reread those. And I think a mixture of reading Sangharachita's biographies and listening to the talks on Freebrus, so it makes it. 3D or something like this. It gives a real emphasis, like I was kind of there sneaking in or something at the time. So that's been really powerful. The other thing I remember, and I was thinking this the other day, I've got this, if you're like me on desktops whilst I'm working every now and again, I'll be slightly embarrassed. I'll go and close my browser window and it'll say, are you sure you want to close 452 tabs or something like this? One of my ambitions is try to free up resources on my PC, not multitasking. But it's difficult. It's difficult to help it when I'm testing free Buddhist audio all the time because I do get to see the latest stream. Now it's much easier with the new front page. It's interesting. I don't know quite often what I need or what's kind of speaking to me. There was a talk on liberation freedom and immediately something jumped inside of me and it was like, right click, new tab, save this, save this talk for later on. I think you're saying that Kusla Davy is also this friends that I know who are giving talks you know, here, there and everywhere. And immediately it's like, oh, great. I really want to just hear them talk about things that are really core to them, core values. So again, you know, new tab, let's make sure I connect with them. So there's a ways that I like to use Free Buddhist Audio. There's two streams of talks that are live for me at the moment. The first talks I listened to were before Free Buddhist Audio. So Dharma Chakra Archives, listening to the cassette tapes when I became a Mitra in 1995. And I felt like I was given this great gift from beyond somehow and listening to these cassette tapes and I volunteered to copy them so I would listen and make copies for our Mitra study group. And I don't know, it was just incredibly life-changing. I mean, it was life-changing. And listening to Sangharakshita speak on things you guys have already mentioned, the Vimalakirti Nardesha and the White Lotus Sutra and ritual and devotion and reciting the Pali suttas. And then just before Free Buddhist Audio launched, there was a fundraiser and you could buy a set of cassette tapes. And I had no idea what Free Buddhist Audio was going to become, but I really wanted these cassette tapes because it was a set of, I think, nine tapes titled Mind and Mental Events by Sabuti. And I treasured those. I know that helped to fund the Free Buddhist Audio digital archive. And then I picked three of my favorite talks, which I go back to over and over again. And one is on the same topic of mind and mental events. And it's called What is Mind by Dhammadina. And I think I've listened to it 30 times, as it were. And she's taking these teachings that, well, Sangharakshita gave and then Sabuti drew out more. And she's 
grappling with it herself and sharing it on a women's order convention. And I just find her willingness to be quite authentic and human in her Dharma teaching. I don't quite understand this part, but I'm working with it. That's an invitation for me to do the same. So it's very kind of human connection that comes through these recordings. And then the other two talks I love, one is called The Key Moment by Kula Prabha. And she's talking on a meditation retreat from Tara Loka on the Brahma Viharas. And again, through her own practice, she's communicating a depth of understanding about Upeksha, about equanimity, and this key moment that arises as a result of her understanding deepening through these practices. And it's again, it's an invitation to go there oneself. And then the third talk, which I absolutely love, is by Srivati called Becoming a Citizen of the Present. And she's talking about mindfulness and writing a spiritual practice. And she is a poet, and there's a wonderful couple of poems that she recites in the course of that talk. And I've shared it so many times on retreats and in rituals and Mitra study myself now that I'm leading Mitra study. How do we make our practice our own? And I think Free Buddhist Audio just continually gives us that opportunity to meet other practitioners who are putting the Dharma to practice in their own lives. And what about all the talks by Bhante? There's so many of them. This stream of teachings that he offered to us is available way back. I think if we figured out 1965. I don't know how many talks there are of his online. There's even some that have not been previously available that kind of pop out into the stream, and it's quite wonderful. It's good that you mentioned the tapes for Lila. This is probably ancient history for some people listening, but it used to be that you couldn't just go on the internet and get free Dharma talks. People used to send a letter to a little office in Cambridge, which is where I first went to work, and get copies of cassettes made. And there was a fast copy machine and you made the tapes by hand and then you printed out dot matrix labels and (laughs) stuck them on by hand and then put them in an envelope and took them to the post office and mailed them to Australia or America or wherever people were. And before that, people used to gather together in rooms and listen to -to reel-to-reel recordings, sometimes copies, sometimes maybe even the original reel-to-reel recordings made by Ananda back in the 60s and 70s. Kind of amazing arc of technology from back then. Communal listening only. Maybe then some people could listen to copies of reels. Then the tape revolution, making it really cheap and easy to distribute tapes and copies of Dharma tapes all around the world, but slowly. And then, of course, the internet coming in and just revolutionizing all of that with CDs in between as a kind of staging post. I think it is quite good just to stop and realize how lucky we are to have this amazing facility of the internet that allows you to get all of this instantly. There was something good, I think, about having to wait in the past. The Dharmashark tapes catalogue used to be quite a big part of our community's life because it was at every centre and people would look it up and they would see particularly all of Sangharakshita's talks. That is really the foundation of our teaching in our community. In terms of talks that we like, I remember first doing Mitra study, The Archetype of the Divine Healer by Sangrakshita, which was given the year I was born. <laughs> I was like, wow, you know, that was already felt like history. The fact that there's an unbroken chain of people in Tri Ratna over 50 or 60 years now who've been coalescing their sense of Dharma practice around these recordings, particularly Sangrakshita's recordings, and literally swapping them with each other, which has got something kind of lovely and organic about it. And one of the things we wanted to do with the new website was make it easy to share talks digitally. So it's a new kind of sharing facility that you can use on the site. And 
we're just going to keep developing that so that it's easier and easier to move the talks around the internet so everyone can in a way make their own tapes and you can make your mixtapes and playlists and stuff like that but yeah trying to capture the original spirit of what it is people were doing by going to this effort to record talks and then distribute them manually how can we keep the spirit of that online is an interesting question so do you have any talks that you've heard or any? So I first went to Free Buddhist Audio because I was really interested in practicing mantra more. That's basically how I found it really, is that I just really like feeling like I'm a part of something. And so when I can hear the mantra, in, normally it's recorded, you know, like on retreat or at a certain centre. And I just love that. I love feeling like a part of something bigger. You feel like you're doing it with a group of people even when you're just, you know, on your own in your bedroom, meditating in the morning or something like that. So that's what I used it for for a while. And then I listened to a few of Vidyamala's meditations, which I really, really love her meditation. I just think that she's a really inspiring woman, her use of breath to breathe space into different areas of your body. I know that there's a really great selection of them as well. It's funny, Citizen of the Present was mentioned because that's also one of my favourite talks as well. I'm a writer and I use it quite a lot in my personal practice and could relate a lot to what was being said. Also talking just about our potential for change. That's something that I personally like to bring up a lot and just remember that we can all change. They're my favourites. They'll probably change next week when I find more, but for now. Thanks, Soph. And thanks everyone for sharing some great recommendations there. There's something very interesting to me when people talk about what they're inspired by. It could be talking about anything. But particularly when they're talking about the various different dharmic threads that they're following and there's something very uplifting about that. My own personal favorite talk, and like Viri Lula, I've listened to this talk 10, 12 times or something like that. It's a talk by Sangharakshita that he gave on Padmasambhava Day on 1979. And this talk is quite famous because it actually disappeared for a long period of time and then resurfaced online. One of the reasons I really enjoy that talk particularly is there's that myth in the life of Padmasambhava of hidden teachings and terma texts, which are sometimes described as teachings hidden in foreign valleys and up in mountains. And you can even sometimes use that image as like teachings hidden in parts of your body. I remember him saying in the actual talk that so maybe you've got a teaching in your foot or something, <laughs> which often made me laugh. Just to pick up on another thread that several of you mentioned, which was the role of technology so we've had this progression from tapes all the way up to this latest iteration of Free Buddhist Audio. Dharma Shakra as a team that seems to have always had that quite radical edge of translating the Dharma into the technology that's available at the time. I'm kind of interested to hear what people think about that translating the Dharma onto new platforms. One of the things I'm thinking about is the meetings that I have with Chandradasa on the design side of things or the things that I'm building. But it's not just the design as in just the visuals. It's always taking into account how people are using the websites. And that's changed quite radically. Even over the past couple of years, I was looking at, again this week, statistics about what devices people are using to access websites. And that is moving more and more into smaller screens, smaller devices and mobile phones. So we've been trying to think, how can we reduce the dukkha technology-wise of, in this case, accessing talks 
you know, and there's lots of input we can get, really useful input. For example, if you're traveling, quite a lot of people use FreeBS Audio when they're traveling and you've got to account for bandwidth and maybe breakages of internet. And what can we do to make assets available to people whilst they're in these different modes and engaging with the site? There's other things as well, I think, about what we're trying to encourage when people are using our site. So it's very different. We're not just mass marketing. We're not trying to sell anything, really. We're trying to think about, right, well, what values do we want to represent with the site? Not being too much like a sweet shop, a candy shop, everyone picking and choosing a certain way, but how do we create an absorbing mood or feel to the site? And some of the stuff that I think has helped this, for example, is with the relaunch, we've got these fantastic images coming to the pages of talks. So that's some of the things that come to mind for myself, which is an interesting and enjoyable challenge. And I always like hearing feedback from users of how you're using FreeBuddhist Audio and other sites. And we really try and take that on board. In my experience, the very good thing about FreeBuddhist Audio is that I can listen from talks, not only from Bante, but from other order members that are very far physically from where I am. Even sometimes I don't know them. For example, I have been involved in Buddhism for quite some years now, but at the beginning, the only thing that I was listening is the talks from other members here at the local Buddhist center in Mexico City. But then afterwards, after discovering Free Buddhist Studio, then I could listen to talks from people that are not living here in Mexico and maybe have not even visited Mexico. So that's a good thing. And also another good thing is that there is a growing number of talks, even in Spanish, also in Free Buddhist Studio. So you can listen from talks in Cuernavaca Buddhist Center, which is like maybe 200 kilometers away from where I live. So, of course, it's always nice for having the possibility of traveling around to Cuernavaca, for example. But it's a very nice resource, both in Spanish and also in English, that it opens the doors for me to listen to a lot of conversations, talks, knowledge. And that I can do that whilst commuting on the bus. That's great. <laughs> I feel like I have a different perspective because I've been doing the curating of the podcast for FBA since 2010 or so. So I've gotten quite used to how things were organized. And when the site changed and I sat down to do that work last month, I was like, oh, it's all different now. And I had to like really work with the resistance to, oh, it doesn't work that way anymore. Oh, wait a minute. Where's this? And oh. It's all different. And so, you know, just had this really great opportunity to sit with the things that we practice, right? Impermanence and recognizing that my patterns and my habits and familiarity and all of that and things do need to change and evolve. I think I felt the same way when things went online back in 2001 or two or whenever that was. Yeah, I don't have much else to offer other than, you know, just to really welcome the change, as it were, and see the resistance as an opportunity for practice. Yeah, it was interesting engaging with years worth of feedback from people about finding things and how to organize things and the needs of a website when it's got 450 talks, which is around about what we started with when we launched Tribute Studio. So well over 5,000, probably close to five and a half thousand talks at this point. Also, the original set of talks were all broken up into small tracks with quite a lot of detail that made them easy to find. And of course, one of the great things that's happened in the intervening years is that the community upload system has come into place. So as David was saying, loads of talks in Brazilian Portuguese and German and French and Spanish and Hindi. 
But most talks that are uploaded in any language aren't broken into tracks. They're just one long talk. So there's not that much detail to find. So it's a huge job in a way to rethink how it's organized and to curate as much as you can. And one of the best bits of doing this relaunch of previous studio was the new thematic section. There's a section called Explore the Archive, and you can go in and look at specific themes. And these are like bundles of talks, sometimes combining searches with personal knowledge of when a particular theme comes in, even if it's not included in the title, to recommendations we've had from people. And thinking more and more and more about, well, how do you help people find their way through this huge archive of material? You can just hit search and put a word in and you'll probably come up with something amazing. But there's so much more we could do. And, and that's definitely an area we're going to be developing is trying to give people the power to curate their own playlists, and share them with their friends or create their own set of little clips of best bits from talks on the Bodhisattva Ideal, for example. Or here's my favorite 10 speakers on Padmasambhava. And, you know, you can just pick a clip and a clip and a clip and a clip. And in a way, that's the way the internet's going, isn't it? It's the sort of TikTok feed style where you just want to get right at the most immediate thing. It's interesting hearing you, Kamal Vadra, talk about us wanting to help people have a more mindful experience of using the web, which we still want to do. So we're probably not going to bombard you with flashing. You know, you can arrive on Freebooters and we're like, listen to this, listen to that. You should hear this. You know, we're not going to do that. But we do want to also curate the best of what's there and help people get straight down to something inspiring, even if it's a surprise, even if they didn't know they were looking for it. That's one of the beauties of your work very little with the Dharma Bites podcast is just these little clips, these little jeweled clips on any number of themes. And it's great having that as a, as a task going forward is just how do we keep making this more and more available to people? Yeah, brilliant. And I also work alongside Very Leela on the Dharma Bites and FBA podcasts. One thing I really appreciate about the Dharma Bites is they are like little sparks of inspiration. And it's amazing what just five minutes can spark off in someone. You don't really know where that's going to go. You don't really know how that's going to affect someone and how that might change their day or even change their life. I have had feedback from people saying, oh, this particular talk just absolutely changed my life or I've been on retreat or something. And people have said, oh, last month's podcast. I'm always really interested in that. I feel this personally, like with my work is that sometimes I don't see the effect immediately in what I do. So it's interesting to hear those little glimmers of feedback about how this has helped people in some sort of positive way. Yeah, well, I just wanted to say that I tend to our donation stream, as it were, by seeing donations come in and helping the finance team. And I hear often from people these words of gratitude. And they say exactly what you just said. This is amazing. This talk changed my life. Thank you so much. And some people have been giving, you know, for over a decade, and others just sort of stumble on the site and sign right up for a monthly donation. So yeah, just shout out to everybody who's been a supporter of Free Buddhist Audio, and we wouldn't be here without you. The Dharma wouldn't be alive in the world in this way without the support that has come through so many hundreds of people over the last, has it been 16 years, <laughs> something like that, since Free Buddhist Audio launched? Maybe longer. So that's just a big thanks. Yeah, it was interesting when I was preparing for this conversation and I started to do a little bit of research Partly this was inspired because I actually didn't know when Free Buddhist Audio came into existence. And it was just interesting to find out that this all started from Dharmachari Ananda in the late 1960s. And I just became quite aware that, oh gosh, like what I'm doing is part of a lineage, if you will, of 
practitioners that have served this team and this flow of activity. When I start to think of it in those terms, particularly that image of flow, that brings a sense of inspiration to what I'm doing, that what I'm doing is meaningful and I need to pass that on. It's very important. It's something that started and is continuously evolving. It's important for me to make sure this carries on. Yeah, I also feel that sense of lineage and also in terms of team. My future private preceptor, Vida City, whenever I was about to start working here at Dharma Chakra, which was at the beginning of this year in February 2022, he said to me something very important that you won the lottery. And actually, I feel like that to be working for the service of the Dharma, but also to be working with a very nice team that actually, like you mentioned, Zach, we are friends. And we are having a very good thing in common that we want to bring these teachings from Bante or, or the Dharma itself to the world. And sometimes I also feel that I lose maybe perspective of the immediate result of my work, but listening to what we have discussed here or on events or on comments that we receive through email from Freebody Study listeners, that connects me with that there is a very big value of what we're doing. And it's important to maintain this for existing and future generations, to have it easily available, like Chandra, as I said, like to also pass on the baton in the future to some generations. I like what you said there, David. And I think that particularly I feel very dedicated to the team and want to see the team carry on. And for there to be contexts for Buddhists to practice and work with one another, it's such a gift really to be able to work with your friends in the Dharma, partly because you have that shared language. I think that more of you is involved in your work and I, I just want to really see that continue. Yeah, I could relate to what you were saying, David, about those two aspects, enjoyment of the team. So that's one of the reasons I love working with Dharma Chakra is the team and that sense of us supporting one another, working alongside each other, playing together. It's just a real delight, actually. It's a delightful context. And then that sense of us continuing the lineage and offering that outwards. And I just thought, oh yeah, all of this is about community. Like that's all, that's all about community. And if you like friendship, Sangha, as we call it. And that is, of course, a really important part of the Tri Ratna Buddhist community is that sense of spiritual friendship and spiritual community. Yeah. And that we can reach out and offer that to people who might not even know that they want that in their lives. That's really wonderful. It's such a big part of most people's lives is work. There's something important about it is a context where I can deepen my going for refuge, to use this, this language, so to really fold in a fully Buddhist life, you know. So one of the things that I wanted to hand on, even if it's not in team-based right livelihood, it's the encouragement to try and really fold in one's Dharma life, Buddhist life, when they're at work. And I think it comes out in friendship really caring for each other and also I was thinking about the things that we've set up we have weekly team-based right livelihood which I really benefit from we do the dedication ceremony so we dedicate the week every week on a Monday normally we dedicate the week and what's happened with me is actually it's almost like more and more people join me imaginatively these connections that are kind of spreading out through Dharma Chakra through Free Buddhist Audio it's kind of more and more people are joining us at the start of the week to dedicate our week so I'd love that to be passed on in some way. And my experiences of people are really excited. Yeah, they usually kind of meet members of the team and they can feel that. Just squeeze in one more thing is I remember talking to Bante, it was around 2010, so not that long ago, but trying to explain to him how his talks were being heard online. 
we're sitting at a dining room table and he was like, you mean people are listening to my talks from, you know, however many years ago? And he was just sort of learning about the internet. And it was quite fascinating to see him delight around that. So that's why I love this team, to hold that spark that he brought into the world and to be able to pass that on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one thing I could add to that about Sanger Akshita particularly, I was lucky enough over quite a lot of years to have conversations with him about this stuff and about the archive and particularly about the future and the far future. He was very interested in talking about the far future. He was really tickled by technology, like he really liked technology. I remember, I think it was 1998 or 1999, I first spoke to him about the possibility of digitally transferring his recordings from reel to reel onto compact disc and then eventually onto the internet. And he'd heard that that was possible. I remember him saying, hmm, they did that to Caruso, famous opera singer from his generation, you know. And that was his reference point, was this opera singer from his generation that, you know, had his voice moved onto this strange new format and technology. And he really embraced it. He really liked that kind of stuff a lot. I mean, who knows what the future is going to require of Freebird Studio. Maybe everybody will just have a little implant in their brain and they'll just, you know, go and connect to the website automatically and can stream direct into their minds the Dharma. But there's something about getting to take those recordings, which is just more like document the stuff that's happening. Ananda, I think, described somewhere carrying around a reel-to-reel machine from his work at the BBC on his back. And he thought it was heavy. It was a bit of a pain to lug it from place to place. And then out of that thread, turned into Big Vision quite quickly. Who would have dreamt that it ended up here? You know, you can just go to the site on your phone and call up thousands of talks and listen to them and send them to your friends. Totally amazing. It's like living inside the Mahayana Sutra. Well, what a beautiful note to end on, being like inside a Mahayana Sutra. Thanks again for all of you coming along to talk together today. Let's just end with a quick goodbye from everyone. And as I said at the beginning, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, do share it with a friend as we've been passing around Dharma Talks, our favorite Dharma Talks from Free Buddhist Audio. Pass us around, spread the word of Free Buddhist Audio, share those hidden Dharma gems with your friends. So let's just say goodbye. Thanks, everybody. Lovely to talk to you. And if you go and visit Free Buddhist Audio and you love it, please support us. Support Free Buddhist Audio and become a friend of Freebird Studio. It's a great thing. You'll never regret it. I can pretty much guarantee that. Yeah, thanks, everyone. I feel like I've now got a number of talks that I want to go and listen to after all your recommendations. So I really enjoyed that. I've jotted some down. But yeah, really great to just reflect on what we're doing together. Thanks for having me. It's been really nice just to have a chat with you all and meet you all and just see the important work that you're doing behind the scenes. I was going to say, Soph, it was great to meet you here in this space and glad you came. And it's lovely to see everyone on the team and to talk about something very near and dear to my heart. So thank you. Thanks for this very lovely conversation. Nice being here and talking about all that is important in our work, in our lives. And yeah, great to see here. And for everyone that is listening, thank you for listening and for supporting us. Muchas gracias. We have really enjoyed this opportunity. Thanks to all my colleagues. Dharma Chakra, real joy to be with everyone here and to bring people to mind who are not able to be in this space. Thanks to yourself, Zach, for holding the space. A huge thanks to everyone who's listening, everyone who supports us. It's really enjoyable for myself to peek or be pulled up from above the code, above the servers, and I'd love to hear from you. So please, if you'd like to get in contact in any way, you know, I'd encourage you to do that. We love hearing from you. So yeah, thank you very much.
And thanks again from me, everyone, for tuning in for another episode of the Buddhist Center podcast. So we'll put all of those links that were mentioned, we'll put those in the talk notes for you. And bye for now. Bye.